0: Hello, we are here with the gang. It's a little bit different this week. Normally we have a guest on the show, but this week I wanted to give a little peek behind the curtain and give you a chance to meet the gang that helps with all aspects of the show. I'm going to go around the room here. Just say your name so everyone can get used to who your voice is. (laughs) I am Ryan, the host.
1: This is Daniel.
0: I'm Veronica. Brianna. Yes.
2: It's purple.
0: (laughs) (laughs) One of the things that I have been super thankful for in running this show is having an amazing support system. While I did have a lot of the heavy lifting on my shoulders, I think it's so much more fun to pursue a project like this with people that you admire and and friends, ultimately. So this week, we're going to be doing something a little bit different and recapping our month of May. Giving you a little bit of a sneak peek as to who these people are, what our responsibilities are for the show, and also tell you a little bit about our, our favorite things throughout the month of May. So we're going to start off, and I want to actually start off with Veronica Deeds here today. Hi, Veronica. Just a little bit of background, Veronica. You will probably hear me referring to her as Ronnie throughout the episode. Yes, but she came on the show, and she's going to continue to be on the show and guest co-host quite a few of our episodes and. Join us for these little monthly episodes like this. So, Ronnie, tell us a bit about yourself and what are you going to be reviewing for your month of May?
3: Hi, I'm Veronica, a.k.a. Ronnie. And I am an actor in L.A. and have been a producer for events and also work at a bar because that's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> and I, for this month, so I have a, I had a very hard time choosing even harder than what I texted everybody about because I still had one other thing that I was like, "Oh, we should do this." And so now I'm finally choosing Mayor of Easttown on HBO Max, and it is a crime drama starring Kate Winslet, and it really captures my love
0: of true crime. Awesome! So <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mayor of Easttown, yeah, um, it is so good.
3: Are you okay? Is it? Did everybody? Watch. If not, it's okay. But uh, I'm in it. I just don't want to like say anything <laughs> if no one's seen it so no, current, say, like up I've, to date.
1: I've seen a few. Well, we there's know. only a few.
0: There's only a few. I've seen two. We will give okay. everyone the appropriate spoiler warning. Okay. For right now, we will be transparent. Today is May 18th, so there have not been the amount of episodes out that there will likely be out that the time this is airs. But we are giving the ample spoiler warning that if you want to watch the show, maybe. Skip forward a few minutes when we start talking about something else. Yes. It's... Maybe we'll even put a timestamp. We will, and I will insert it right here. <laughs> okay. If you are looking to miss spoilers, fast forward to the 17 minute mark in about 30 seconds.
3: It is rife with spoilers. <laughs> so it is an amazing show.
0: So talk to me. I know we were talking the other night about the SNL bit, about the accent <laughs> and the whole murder dirter aspect of things. And what drew you to the show? What do you love about it?
3: Okay. So I I live with my sister and we're always looking for a new show to watch. And I got home and she's like, I'm going to start this show that's on HBO Max. I saw that Kate Winslet is in it. Do you want me to wait? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds great. And I was hooked because A, I love true crime. Love it love anything with crime or murder or detectives. And Kate Winslet is in it. And she's amazing. She plays a police detective and she's investigating a murder, but it also shows like her personal life and the struggles she has within herself and her family and what she's trying to kind of work through separately from work and the case and all of that stuff. And so her acting in this show is insane to me. (laughs) It is incredible. And her act, for anyone who doesn't know Kate Winslet, and I don't know why you wouldn't, her accent She's a British woman and her accent in the show is a Philadelphia accent and she nails it. And I was reading an article after it came out about how like so many movies take place in Philadelphia, but they don't do the accent because it's apparently just so difficult and subtle and nuanced that they just don't do it.
0: I think everyone assumed the Philadelphia accent was like the Sylvester Stallone accent. Yeah. And his is just his <laughs> own hybrid of something <laughs> it's <just>
3: else. Rocky.
0: <laughs> just Rocky.
3: <laughs> yeah, and there's like Silver Linings Playbook and all these movies that take mm. place somewhere near around Philadelphia. Yeah, And I get that it's regional and this is probably more appropriate to the region that they're in in Meravista town, but she just and I remember the the pilot, she's talking and I was like, "Oh, she has an American accent." And then she goes, "Well, he overdosed."
0: And I was mm. like, "Oh my god." It's Philadelphia. Yeah. I, I didn't start watching until after the SNL bit, right? Yeah. And so like the whole murder dirter. And so when I was watching the pilot, she's like picking out a tank for her grandson, right? For a, a, a turtle tank. And she goes, I just need something that'll hold the worder. You know, like that. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I can see where they got the- And the
3: sketch, from. the SNL sketch is so funny. It's, mm-hmm. And it's also very accurate, but ugh, the show is just so good. And then the episode five, at the time that we record this just passed last night. And so mm-hmm. it's getting nitty gritty. There's only like two episodes left.
0: It's
4: yes. so good.
0: I am, it's like one of those things where anytime someone recommends something new, it usually takes me a second to jump on it, right? It, I don't know why, it's just something. And a part of why I like doing the show because when people recommend something, it forces me to go watch it. But with this one, anytime I jump into something new, I think pilots by design have to be captivating right to hook your attention to want you to continue to watch the show but then they also need to introduce you these characters and make you care about these characters and one thing that i thought about this show is they're introducing so many figures and you're learning to really like and enjoy so many things about the character even in the first episode and what's really gutting about this and this is the biggest spoiler warning Mm -hmm. is the character that they make you fall in love with at the beginning is dead at the end of the pilot. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh my gosh. Just it's, wait. It's so heartbreaking. I, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, do you have a favorite character thus far?
3: Um, I have favorite moments from different characters. So I really, I love Kate Winslet's character. I do. And then when Evan Peters comes in and plays her partner. Mm,
0: yes, 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 I
3: really love him because I everyone I think is with, who's familiar with Evan Peters is so used to seeing him in like American Horror Story and all of mm. these things where he plays someone really weird or a serial killer or some crazy awkward loner. Like they, he always gets cast as that as like some mm. kind of oddball with all these secrets. And he's playing like, just like a straight laced cop. And so I love seeing him play that. So I think he does a really good job. He has a scene where he's drunk and he plays drunk phenomenally. Yeah. Yeah. I like so many of, of the characters. I love her mom. Um, mm. She's mm-hmm. great. Jean smart. I think.
0: Yeah, what one of my things that made me laugh so hard is we were talking about the fact that we were gonna be talking about this today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh hours later we get a text from Brianna saying, Oh my god, why is the character <laughs> named Brianna the worst person in the entire show? So Brianna, tell us, uh, do you relate with the Brianna character?
3: Yes,
2: well, how are is. you guys
3: similar? <laughs> I was not thrilled.
2: <laughs> Here I'm falling in love with the other characters too. And the thing is too, with my name, it's Brianna. There's like that Anna, right? Mm-hmm. There's Brianna, there's Brianna. And she's Brianna too. <laughs> I'm like, this is great. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. I'm I'm hooked on the show. I'm in the depths of like East Town right now. And I can't <laughs> wait, I guess, to watch episode five, even though I already kind of got a spoiler for myself that I'm devastated about. No. But it's interesting with these true crimes, because I'll admit, like, usually with true crimes, they're they're a little dark to me, right? Like I kind of have to like get outside, get some fresh yeah. air, like after like binging a show. But I feel like there's these other like life things with this show that you can relate to. And like Jean mm. Smart, like the mom, like Fruit Ninja, like that kind of like keep mm. you above water, that keep you almost like you hate to laugh, but there are these like laughable, like lighthearted moments totally. that are kind of like what I'm invested in. And Evan Peters, I'm like invested <laughs> in mm-hmm. him. I'm like Emma Roberts' ex-boyfriend. He's, like, <laughs> charming in this show. Like, <laughs> sign me up. I'm, I'm into
0: it. Yeah. There's a couple of things. Like, Evan Peters, to me, he was American Horror Story. But, like, he was also, like, Quicksilver in, like, the X-Men movies. And so, like, there's, like, the clip that always goes viral of him of, like, to the Sweet Dreams song and him, like, in the X-Men mm-hmm. movies. So, I think of him as that. But one of the things that – I love Kate Winslet. But one of my favorite movies of all time is Eternal Sunshine. Yeah. Ooh. And like I just keep thinking about her in that movie, and the type of character that she has in this movie is so different, right? But like it's just proof of the range that she has and the things that she can do. And it's it's super exciting.
3: There's, I think it's this maybe the second episode or second or third episode, and she has to go talk to a doctor about her grandson with mm. like the ticks that he's having, and so she goes to talk to a doctor, and it's early in the morning, and it's just the two of them. And the doctor is asking her like about her family history and like the tragedy of her son and all of this stuff. And then asking her if she's ever considered seeing anybody for herself to talk or like a therapist. And if you go back and watch the scene, it's like just a zoom in on her face, uncomfortable being asked like if she's okay. And like trying to just like not break down and like her acting in that scene, it just shattered me. It's so good. And Mm -hmm. it's like 30 seconds and that's it. It's so good.
0: So when you're watching something like this, right, it's clear that her performance got you. And from an actor's perspective, I'm sure Mm -hmm. there's little things that you can catch from a non-actor's perspective. (laughs) Like, what are some of the things that will pull you into a performance more so than I'm consuming this in its whole? So like, what are the things that you noticed that made you recognize this is a brilliant acting performance?
3: For me, it's. It's nuance. It's like little, it's not even like how, a a lot of it is like how they deliver a line and like, ooh, I really like that. But a lot of it is just like little moments, like that scene, she's not really talking that much. She's Mm. saying like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's her little movements in her face and her eyes. And like, you can just like, it's like, if you believe, I believe, you know what I mean? And so Mm. she just does such a good job. And so that's what pulls me in It's just like all these little nuance things that people do in real conversation and in real life.
0: And when they hit, like, they really, really hit. And do you think it's because you know that every single thing that they do is a choice? Like, I think as a consumer, you can kind of almost get lost in, this is a person and a character that I'm watching. But you might be able to say, every single thing they're doing, she's choosing to do it in this way. Mm -hmm. So, like, those small mannerisms. Like, that's not Kate Winslet. That's her playing this character and choosing to react and respond in that way.
3: Yeah, and it's like, it's not as, like... I mean, everyone's different, obviously, right? And so it's not like, as in a general way, it's not like a blueprint you can map out. Like, I'm gonna, you know, shift my eyes in this way at this part, and I think my shoulder moving at this part mm-hmm. would look, you know what I mean? So it's, sometimes I'm sure it is, for if it calls for it, but sometimes it's just like, you could tell she's done the work, and you can tell she knows Mare and that she loves Mare. And mm-hmm. so it's almost like she's just reacting.
0: And Mare is the name of her character.
3: Mare is the name of Kate Winslet's character. And so that scene, I just, I, I just really love it. And I don't know. You can just tell that it's just kind of like in her. And then mm-hmm. she's also very... And so what I love about actors and specifically characters is like when they're so flawed. Like Mare does not do 100% great things all yeah. the time. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But like you still pull for her and you want her to do well and like you're rooting for her basically.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's really tough anytime you have these characters. And what I've really loved as television has evolved is that characters have become more nuanced. There isn't a clear hero. And in some cases they've run with like anti-heroes, but like I think what I've loved is there's more beauty in the human nature of having flaws with good intentions, right? And I think about the scene in the pilot episode as well where she is getting ready to like accept the basketball award Mm. or do the celebration. And she's clearly like trying to convey to the other mother who lost her daughter that like, I'm trying to help and I'm doing everything I can to help. Like, why can't you see my good intention and trying to help while the other mother is trying to say like, you're not getting results and you're not acknowledging the hurt that I'm feeling and Mm -hmm. just wanting to get some results. And so like, she is not a nice person in that moment, the way mm-hmm. she's berating this mother who lost her daughter. But at the end of the day, you know, it, intent isn't always what's important if you're not putting yourself in those other shoes. So I do see that with the mayor character. Yeah. Um, yeah.
3: And the casting of the show, I think they did such a good job with it. All the supporting characters like Siobhan
4: mm-hmm. and
3: Dylan, who's, you know, like the, the yeah. father of, of Aaron's. Kid and Brianna and just like all the side characters, they do such a good job casting. Mm -hmm. It's, it's incredible. They're all amazing actors. And I love that Zosie Bacon is in it too. She's um, Kevin Bacon's daughter. Yeah.
0: Brianna, do you have a favorite character? I know I besides roast, Brianna, I roasted you about the Brianna character, but you said you're <laughs> listen, also listen. Me
2: and Brianna, we don't know each other. <laughs> I don't know her.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, I think let me. I guess it could be Mare. It could be her mom. I can't think mm-hmm. of her name right now, but I love her mom. I love that relationship mm-hmm. of them living together. I, I feel like that's probably and then Evan's character, Evan. who I'm invested in mm-hmm. the most right now. But if, like of course, I feel like it's interesting how the show. You, your heart's breaking in the beginning, right? Like in that first episode, your heart's breaking for Aaron. And then it just breaks even more. And mm-hmm. you're like, what's with that? And that's yeah. kind of life. I appreciate mm-hmm. that too, where it's like they're not holding back, going all the way. But yeah, who else is my favorite? I don't know yet. They're all kind of bringing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. You kind of fall for each of them. And even like, I love like the love storyline and that Mare's starting to date. Her daughter mm-hmm. is like going through something yeah. too. That scene of like, her ex-girlfriend.
3: <laughs> yes, when they bust in.
2: Yeah, oh. and she's just listening to her music and she's like in a desperate place of like teen heartbreak or I guess young adult heartbreak, yeah.
0: Mm.
3: traumatizing. Yeah. And Guy Pierce is really good in it too. The, oh, the writer.
0: I, I love him so, so much. I have this weird like every time I see him, I think of there's this movie called Breathe In. Mm-hmm. Have ever any of you ever seen Mm-mm. it? It's this movie with him and Felicity Jones when she was kind of first coming up and it's super inappropriate, but I loved the movie so much. And he's like a musician and he fosters, oh no, it's a foreign exchange student. They bring a foreign exchange student into the family. And he starts having an affair with Felicity Jones, who's this foreign exchange mm-hmm. student. But every time I see him, and because I think he wears glasses in um, that movie too, I just keep seeing him in that role.
3: Have you seen Priscilla, Queen of the Desert?
0: I haven't. Tell me about it.
3: I probably can't even do it justice by explaining it, but it's Guy Pierce's in it and it's an Australian mm-hmm. movie and it's basically about these I want 3 to 4, I want maybe 3 um guys and they get a bus and they drive across Australia to I think I need to rewatch it. It's been a minute. And I don't want to like butcher the explanation, but they are these they're all dragged out mm-hmm. and they have amazing costumes and it's just like this really sensational like makeup lipstick hair all of these guys and guy pierce is one of them just like singing and cabareting the whole Mm. time and he's so good in it you won't if you watch it you're gonna be like is that guy (laughs) pierce
0: i think that's kind of a through line with the show is like kind of the varied careers that all these actors have right i think so many people get pigeonholed at least even sometimes within our own minds about like some characters that they have played in the past like i mentioned kate winslet doing the eternal sunshine character but even you mentioned Siobhan's character, Andrew Rice. She was like in the new Spider-Man movies as like the oh really, Disney kind of girlfriend kind of character oh. um, uh, to his best friend. And so like seeing her as that little teeny bopper type of yeah. character in comparison to how she plays in this one. And then um, what's the character's name from The Office? Um, who plays the dad? Oh, Roy. Roy from The Office. Yeah. Like the, him. That is Roy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um,
2: he kills me in the show, actually. <laughs> Roy across the street. <laughs> yeah.
0: So like those, just the range that you can kind of see from these characters is pretty interesting. Awesome. Well, we'll move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. This one's a little bit more somber. Let's move on over to our producer, Mr. Daniel Bedingfield. Tell us sorry <laughs> tell us a bit about what you do for the show and kind of what you've been ex- uh, wanted to talk about in terms of what hit you over the month of may yeah well hi i'm
1: daniel i I am a microphone setter upper and <laughs> uh, level watcher and checker, but I wanted to talk about uh, something that has been heavy on my mind for the past couple of months, which is <sighs> the breakup of Seminal French house music duo, Daft Punk. RIP.
0: Sorry, I want to go back <laughs> real quick and say, I don't want you to downplay all the stuff you do for the show, right? I think Daniel does set up the mics. <laughs> he, he does watch levels for what we do, but he's also super, was super important to the inception of the show. So... Daniel and I really bounced off ideas about starting a podcast and he was really my first partner in this endeavor and continues to be the first person I go to for anything we do regarding the show. And as much as he does watch Levels and help us out with the recording of the actual show, he has a, a lot of input in all of our interviews as well. So you'll hear him chime in from time to time and take on hosting types of responsibility. So don't downplay the stuff you do. But uh, Well, thank you. Thank you for setting up this microphone. Yes, of course. <laughs> all right we're back to it <laughs> how long is this dang intro yeah
2: <laughs> he's like don't stop don't stop here don't even. let it play
0: <laughs> yeah. let it
1: play don't
2: you can't stop it
0: <laughs> yep. we're gonna have to listen to all seven minutes <laughs> so yeah. tell us bud what 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 are you feeling um uh, pain and uh <laughs> Just, uh, well, no, I just, I
1: I remember waking up that morning and I had a notification from YouTube and Daft Punk had just uploaded a video and it was called Epilogue. And I was like, oh, I did not think I was going to wake up to a new Daft Punk song. I thought it was a song and I thought it was going to just be like a song called Epilogue. And it was, you know, I was like kind of anticipating like, oh, maybe they're like calling it quits. And then you watch the video. Has, every, has anyone seen it?
2: The drama. It's yeah. intense.
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's, uh, the suspense. <laughs> well, they, they, they cut in. Uh, they use like a bit of a, kind of like an art house movie they made back in the 2000s. And it's uh, the robots themselves in the desert. And one of them pulls a, a self-destruct button and blows himself up. And the other one walks through the desert alone the, you know, till the fade out and they use they recontextualize that just as an announcement to the world like hey we're we're done they showed dates 1993 to 2021 and mind you i mean they haven't released an album since 2013 but i think that it was just uh you know them wanting to in a very grandiose way as they are uh kind of you know close the book on um on daft punk so I'm a huge fan have been as long as I can remember.
0: So as much as, you know, that is somber and sad, and I know it's, it's painful, I think like most people will talk about uh, the ending of things and say, instead of treating it with grief, let's treat it in celebration. So talk about uh, your experience with Daft Punk in general, and what are some of your favorite Daft Punk potential memories? Well,
1: I think I am very into music that tells a story. I really am into uh, bands like that are, there's an element of theater and they are playing a character. And I think that that's what really gripped me was just, uh, I think they, they, well, I mean, obviously they have just such a legendary status. Like they are so enigmatic. They are so uh, prolific and so influential. And by the time I you know was old enough to really care about music that's when they really got uh they were kind of already on the tail end of their career and i think just that like i remember just wanting to like for instance watch uh, the live shows that they played in 2007 and they they at the time were so few and far between like you had to find some dusty video in the annals of youtube like it was so uh just mysterious and you just, you had to be there and all you really know about those shows was just like people's stories and experiences from when they were there and filming the show with, you know, a flip phone, like a Motorola razor back then. Like, and so, um, I think that's what really pulled me in is they they just have like this air of mystery to them. And also they just have such, uh, such a, a respect for music itself. I think that it goes, like they love the original days of like studio recording albums, like a, like how bands did back in the seventies, like bands like Fleetwood Mac and Steely Dan, like they were such geeks about that kind of stuff. And that's like, I think I just kind of saw myself in that. Like they just wanted to go out and do what they loved and they decided to do it in like a super creative way super unique way and um yeah i just they've always been like just the number one for me like when i think mm-hmm. of like legendary artists a staff one did you ever get a chance to see them perform live oh absolutely not oh. <laughs> i was uh oh okay. no their last uh live live performance i was 10 or 11 years old Mm. well like that was actually them headlining something Mm. um so no and 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 i remember getting into them and then a couple years later they did this whole rollout for their last album and so I, i am appreciative that i got to at least experience one album cycle you know, mm. the the experience of like, oh, I wonder what the album is going to sound like. There's a little teaser here and there. Here's a single. We're mm-hmm. mm-hmm. leading up to the album. You know, I, I got to experience that at least once. So I'm grateful. But
0: yeah. do you have a favorite Daft Punk song? Ooh, no, I,
1: I, I'll i give For you the sake of this podcast. Can you please <laughs> give us a favorite song? <laughs> um, He's like, I'll give you five. <laughs> I'll give you my pop five uh, Daft Punk songs. I would say. You know, we'll just go with uh, one more time. Well, again? Yeah. Play it.
3: <laughs> I'm like, Daft Punk is here. <laughs> Bring him out. <laughs>
1: well, we brought Daft Punk here <laughs> just for this moment.
2: <laughs> Daniel has left Daft Punk and he's joined my Pop five. <laughs>
1: All right. <laughs> but uh one more time or I think just uh, that whole album in general.
3: <laughs> they were together for almost 30 years, right?
4: Yeah.
1: Well, and I think it's so cool how like 1993 like nobody knew who they were. Mm-hmm. I think it's so it's so like it just goes to show like they were just two buds making music and they ended up like changing the world, you know. Yeah. And they, you know, they would even acknowledge the fact that like yeah, we we technically started in 1993, even though nobody knew who we were. I just think that's a cute little nod to like how they, they how much respect they have for the act in general. And I think it you know it was a fitting way to go out. It just with a huge hurrah. How else are you gonna do it? You know, I think it was definitely momentous. I remember I talked to you that morning.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: I was like, I was like, dude, did you hear? He's like, yeah, man. Sorry, buddy. Let me know if you mean to take the day off and Sorry, buddy. figure some things out.
0: I think I did say that. You definitely <laughs> said that. And it was,
1: it was a joke. And then I realized as the day went on, I was like, you know what? I should have taken a mental health day. This is like, (laughs) this is heavy. And... um,
2: To think that you were hopefully going to listen to a new song and they hadn't released anything new. And it ended up being this dramatic video of him. And I had to look up the epilogue or Electorama, Electorama, like their actual film. I found like 15 minutes on Vimeo and somebody added their own music, which is kind of like criminal, but I was like, whatever. And it's so, it's actually really good. So like... So slow, but like really dramatic. Like you're kind of like drawn into it. So I kind of want to watch more. Yeah, It is cool how they say 1993 because I feel like with creative endeavors, when you're just starting and you feel like you're not good or you haven't really gotten to a place to say like, this is what I do. You don't really count it. Like it's yeah. hard to right. say like I'm a producer, like I'm a musician. So to for them to backtrack to when they first started, I love that.
1: Yeah. You know, I I think what's interesting about that uh, epilogue video too is that it was part of a movie that came out so long ago. So they, you know, I think they always kind of had it in mind that this is, uh, it, it, you know, we're telling you a story and eventually it's going to end. You know, there, mm. there's a beginning, a middle, and an end. And there's, uh, I don't know, I just, I it's one of those things where it's like, I realize it's almost like intangible. I realize that I I love that aspect of uh, music that really like takes you somewhere and just holds your attention, and the, you know you have lore and uh, you know there's all kinds of mythologies involved with it. So I think it's just that's just uh just what pulls me in. And robots, dude, <laughs> robots are so cool. It's a lifestyle.
2: Yeah. yeah, Daft Punk is a lifestyle.
1: I've always had a fascination with the the new and the old you know, that's, that's was always kind of the entire aesthetic of their music was just like mixing the electronic music of that time, and really revolutionizing it, but also calling back to the days where music was made in studios, you know, and uh, they were using samples, and they were uh, using new technology to try and make something that made them feel an old school album. You know, I just think the their whole aesthetic is just super cool to me. There's there's a, a video now because I mentioned earlier that at the time when I got into them, you could only find like little uh, horrible uh, flip phone videos of them uh, online of their live performances. But now there's actually uh, somebody uncovered like a 4K HD. Oh my god! Uh, full hour and thirty minute live performance. So go check it out. It's uh it's up it. it br- Weirdly enough, released a couple days before they announced their breakup.
0: Would it, it was them. Yeah. Might have been.
1: There's speculation.
2: Like, is it an NFT?
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Moving on. Let's go ahead uh, and talk to Brianna. Brianna, talk to us a bit about uh, your role with the show and what's something you are excited about or consumed in May that you want to talk about.
2: Hey guys, <laughs> uh, Brianna here. So I guess with my pop five, I'm helping with the the visuals, the socials mm-hmm. um, coming at you live on Instagram, <laughs> follow us. Um, but yeah, I, I'm a consumer of all things. I love movies. I love music. I love TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's kind of what drew me to this. And I guess why Ryan might have thought I'd be a good fit to help <laughs> out here.
0: Absolutely. I, you know, she's listed as a producer for us just because of All of those things, I think just even in chat, chatting with her, she helps give us ideas for some of the things we want to do with the show and little ideas for where everything's going in the future. So as much as she does make everything look beautiful on our Instagram um, and with all of our graphics and socials and things like that, uh, she also contributes to what we do on the recorded show as well. So, yes, those are all the things. And I love geeking out with you about Music and movies and books and reality TV and all of that stuff because that's what the whole show is all about. So I think it was a perfect match.
2: Yeah, I love it here. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: so tell us, what did you consume in May that you were excited about and want to talk about today?
2: I was super excited. I think even when we were having this conversation, I was actually watching Life in a Day twenty twenty. Um, we have YouTube TV, which is just one of like one of the many streaming platforms, and it was free to watch. So it was it was super inspiring to me. That's what I wanted to talk about today. Did you guys get a chance to watch it? I watched it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So just for the audience, what Life in a Day is? Uh, they did one of these back in 2010. YouTube asked any, anyone <laughs> to film anything from their life on a specific day and submit it to YouTube. And YouTube then took thousands of responses and cut together a video to show how everyone throughout the globe experiences their day. And there's heartache, there's laughter, there's love, there's everything in between, nature, everything you can think of. And it was super popular in 2010 and they had since done a 2020 version and that's what you're referring to, right?
2: Yeah. And so it was new to me. I hadn't heard of the 2010. I actually went back and watched it. I had to because I was so into the 2020. I still love the 2020. I feel like if anyone has the time, I'd I'd go with that one first. But but really, it's it's kind of it's life. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's your small moments. It's the big moments. And what I thought was really cool is like after I looked it up, I think for I got some I have specs here. It's like three hundred and twenty four. Wait, three. 324,000 videos were submitted, 192 countries. And it's like reflected that way. So yeah, I I think what's really cool is you're seeing like in different corners of the world, Mm. um, people coping, people thriving, people grieving, um, people flourishing. And, you know, sometimes it's like them getting through something and that's just mm. like doing it and I I it's relatable and so when I was watching it I you see like big life moments and then these small things too that we all kind of experience and yeah I I loved it
0: yeah I think what was like also probably unplanned because of course it had to have been they were doing a 10-year anniversary of a project they were really passionate about in 2010 only for it to be in the craziest year we've ever experienced, right? Um, and they did a good job about not making it super 2020, in my opinion. Yeah. In only my COVID. Opinion. Only, yeah, it yeah. wasn't all about COVID. While they touch on COVID and while they touch on Black Lives Matter, they touch on everything that everyone could possibly experience in that time frame. And what was mind blowing to me, and of course it had to have been true, but people who live in these remote areas of the country weren't treating COVID the same way because it wasn't the same type of impact, right? There are still the people who are milking their goats out in the middle of nowhere. And there are some who COVID impacted them directly and it's heartbreaking to see, you know? And the events of 2020 for us as Americans or even as us as Californians uh, in some ways is very different from so many people. And everyone submitting something from an exact same day at the exact same time can create the thousands of different possibilities, and it truly was super beautiful
4: mm-hmm.
2: yeah there's these there's these moments too like some of the the through lines were so awesome, and it's like you know the boy with his rat there's like these little <laughs> instances rats. there's like people who have passions the the boy like the the guy find tracking down the different trains for yeah. his day, and then there's you know, the couple that are trying to have a baby. And I just Mm -hmm. thought I was like so moved when she gets in the canoe like later on in the documentary and she just kind of like paddles away. And I'm like, it's like life goes on. And I don't mean Mm -hmm. to say that like apathetically, like life goes on, but it does. And you kind of just have to keep going with Mm -hmm. it. And doesn't it always happen that way? So, yeah, I highly recommend y'all
3: and she she had like a book that she took in the kayak with her to go and it's like she's like i just got awful news today so i'm just gonna paddle away and i need a minute and i'm gonna sit here by myself and her husband was like bye i'll be here when you're back and oh he was was like so supportive yeah
0: i loved how supportive he was and going back to what she said about life moving on i think she even knew that no matter how much she was hurting because i love that one of her first responses after (laughs) she sits in the car and she's explaining to them this like horrible news you know she goes can we please go get some pancakes (laughs) you know and he's like we're gonna go get a very special breakfast you know so like
2: i said it connects us all it's like the ultimate equal it's pancakes for us
4: all
0: (laughs) yeah you know some of the other moments that i liked were like even some of the smaller ones like the guy who is on the rooftop, like, trying oh, to get uh, the
4: attention. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: trying to get and the And she attention. doesn't wave back. Yeah, and and again, really it's does. like, sometimes, you know, you're in a certain place in your life where it's like, you need to see that. You need to see yeah. it not working out, but you trying anyway. And his yeah. spirit was like... He's like, all right, I'll be back. go on. That was an awesome moment.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was basically the end of it. But, you know, him like trying to get this girl's attention. And he, he gives you this whole story and you expect it to have like a Hollywood type of ending. And he's like, uh, I've never seen this girl before. I've never had the chance to talk to her. She never really comes out. But I had my moment. This was my one shot. I'm going to try to do this. And she didn't acknowledge me and she didn't do anything. And so it was just kind of like funny. uh, It'd be
2: like that that sometimes.
0: (laughs) It totally does.
2: I think, too, it was so refreshing to see how other people's daily routines look like and how different they are. Like the girl milking her goat and it running away from her Mm -hmm. and like waking up or studying outside with your family. Like and just I it was I needed to get kind of get that maybe because we have been at home for so long and we Mm -hmm. live in California, LA area. Like I loved seeing that. It was, I found like, I feel like after I finished, I was like, I just discovered something so cool. Yeah. YouTube TV.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What I also think is interesting is as much as there is a lot of unique situations, they do a lot of cuts and instances when maybe you're not that unique either. Right. There's also so many people choosing to take footage of the thunderstorms yes. or right, choosing to do something that everyone else did at the same time, choosing to propose on that day. Any of those little through lines, like sometimes it's also a good reminder to say like, as much as we think we are unique creatures, right? Or have our unique stories, yeah. there's a possibility that on the exact same day, we can have 25 people decide that they're going to propose to their partners on the same day.
3: Oh, that one where she didn't accept
0: it. Yeah. What's interesting. I mean, Um, Or
2: the breakup after, over dinner.
0: that's the breakup over dinner. Yeah.
2: Watching that just develop in that moment, I'm like... And he doesn't even,
0: like... He thinks she's joking, like, for the show. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, he's like, oh, I thought you were just doing this for the camera, and it's just, yeah, it is heartbreaking.
1: And to watch, like, how she is, like, trying to avoid a really bad situation, and you can see her kind of, like, smiling along, and then just... Eventually breaks down. Mm-hmm. I know. It was, that was-
2: I'm glad she did. At first, I'm I, I almost like seeing that through, like for his sake. I'm glad she started to cry at the end.
1: Yeah. And you could kind of see where she was like, "Oh no, am I gonna kind of just go along with?" Yeah, acting like I was joking, and she just sticks to her guns. and She's like, "No, I'm not."
0: Yeah, I also love the guy who had the drone hobby, or oh, flying yeah. the drones, yeah. and just like, yeah, I just, you know, this is my favorite thing to do and just like sometimes you can get lost in things you love and it can be as interesting or mundane however you want to think about it as flying around a drone in a Mm -hmm. parking lot and just that gets you through yeah that
2: gets you through like gives him something to look forward to in his day i loved seeing that
0: there's this song by Connor oberst of bright eyes and it's called hundreds of ways and basically the the big moment of the song is like the chorus just says like there's a hundred of ways to get through the day and we just choose one right Mm. and so we're always just choosing whatever it takes to get through the day and that's kind of it and i really love that
3: i think i cried like no less than three times throughout it like it Mm. just like certain parts just hit so and they're just like like when they were teaching the grandmother to ride her bike Ah, yes and like the joy she had and she was just laughing so like that got me the son who was in 2010 yeah who wasn't in 2020
0: oh Yes. got me Yeah, and it's like what I don't know what that woman was feeling in that moment obviously other than a ton of hurt right but when I started to put myself in her shoes and I think about her watching that clip like her son's being you know a teenage a teenager, boy yeah. right like not cleaning the room and oh come on mom like get out of my face with the camera like that type of reaction and like putting myself in her shoes like I didn't know how it was going to end at first, right? You know, I thought she was going to go, and look at him now. Like, he's an astute, fine young man, right? But to show that he was, you know, lost due to COVID, it's like, of course, heartbreaking. But then, like, you have to look at that clip in so many different ways as a parent to be able to look at that and miss, even though he was being a shitty teenager to his mom in that moment, like, I would have that every day. I would have my son treat me like a piece of shit every single morning. Because he'd still be here. And it's just like, it's so heart-wrenching.
3: And then there's the cop, the LA cop. Yeah. who was oh, the parking getting people because they were parked in the red zone. He's like, know. damn. I'm
2: just doing my job and I felt for him I too. Know. I'm like, I park
3: in the red zone sometimes and I turn my emergencies on. But he was just so, he's like, oh, your daughter's getting coffee inside. Is that why? Is she going to pay for your ticket? Like
2: That was uh, rich. I'm like, come on. I think, okay, last one. We could talk about this. But the boy, the the dad and his son, they say this year we can make a surprise for your daughter daughter. yeah for the daughter and and then he also sings this amazing Mm. song about Mm. like intense love and ladies that little boy and like I loved that they because I think you know they're chopping through different people's lives but Mm. I love that they pick up for other for like some of them at the end so you kind of have some type of conclusion to it and I just like Talk about small things that mean so, so much. And it's mm-hmm. like riding on your bike with your dad to go pick out a few decorations yes. for a birthday mm-hmm. surprise.
0: And I love how they shot that too, where oh. it was just the shadow, right? You know uh, that they're on the bike together, yeah. but you just see like the shadow of them riding. And I'm like, that's like a cinematographer wouldn't have come up with that Some potentially. Some of those like, shots, yo. I know.
3: Oh, and they, the older woman that they showed who was answering questions about she was an older woman and that shot, I don't know what kind of camera that they had, but it looked like you were watching a movie for that specific clip. And she was answering questions about like her worst fear and it was like being bedridden for the rest mm. of her life. And she like her, you know, wishing her kids would come back and she just started crying that. and it was just, ugh, but it looked visually just mm-hmm. beautiful. I don't know, they just did such a good job. Yeah,
0: Well, that was an amazing recommendation. And I think it was like a, Really awesome to to watch because I had never I would have probably never stumbled upon it and and watched it and so really good rec thanks Brianna yeah
2: cool guys I'm glad you liked it <laughs>
0: <laughs> moving on we got two more things uh, I have my recommendation for the month and we have a bit of a group one but moving into mine I was really hyped about this new record from Julia Michaels uh, Julia Michaels is mostly known for Writing songs for many of the biggest pop stars. She's the pen for a ton of Selena Gomez songs or Justin Bieber songs. And if there's a really big pop song, there's a good chance she was involved in some capacity. And so she spent most of her career writing songs for these other artists. She had one song back in 2017 called Issues Mm -hmm. that was pretty popular. Let me play a bit here. So, issues. <laughs> um, so, she had that one big hit and has since then continued to write for other artists. And over time, I followed her and she started releasing her own EPs in these smaller projects. And I've been such a fan of, of hers. One of the things in this new record, she has the lead off song off her new record, not in chronological order, which is my recommendation for the month of May. Um, she has a song called All Your Exes. <laughs> and in All Your Exes, she plays this crazy character who is this insecure girlfriend who wants to kill all the exes of her lover's past. And uh what was interesting is the discourse online of people saying that this is anti-feminism or, you know, anti women being able to stand for self and coming across as like crazy, insecure people. But she was ultimately playing a character. One of the things, though, that I said was like a through line for this is she starts the song off by saying, all of the things that you've done, the people who you've loved, they're part of who you are. But then she she follows that up with like, but that's... And they're dead (laughs) (laughs) to me. But that goes like out the window when you're holding me in your arms, right? Because like, I'm all consumed by you, my partner. And as much as I want to be mature, it doesn't matter because, you know... Uh, I don't even want to think about the fact that you've been with these other people. And it's such a real feeling. One of the things that was interesting to me though, and it like hit me so hard when I first heard this, is that first line is I had been having conversations recently and having been uh, recently out of a long-term relationship, recognizing like how much of an impact former partners can have on who you are today, right? Mm -hmm. And as much as my past partner influences, music decisions that I made. And Julia Michaels was someone we both really, really loved together. And there are previous partners that the reason I like certain movies or music is because it's stuff that they introduced me. And so I am a mosaic of all of those previous experiences, including things with my partners. And so hearing that at the start of this, on top of the fact that this was something that I was, you know, an artist that I really loved with a previous partner, this record really hit me in a way even though it's like a it goes and follows a different sense of having a character who's who's a bit <laughs> Chris I really really love this record all throughout that's the opening tune and um I'll have I want to kind of talk through some of my uh, favorite songs here on the record but did you guys get a chance to listen to it?
3: I listened to a few of them is this her this is her debut like full-length album yeah
0: correct
2: I love the, all the exes. Even though I'm like, I don't relate to these lyrics. Yeah. But like driving mm-hmm. in the car, I'm like, this is an anthem. Yeah. When she's like, I want to live in a world.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think what's interesting about that song to me is as much as like, I'm like, I don't actually want any of my, you know, if any of my previous partner's exes to not exist. But I can get being like, it sucks. I don't want to think about the fact that you've been with these other people. As much as you are the person you are because of them. And as much as they are lovely people, I don't care in this moment, like (laughs) thinking about you being with anyone else, it's like, it physically hurts a little (laughs) bit, right? So like there is like a maturity of being able to rationally recognize that, you know, your past experiences have an impact on you. There's also the emotional impact of no, 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 Mm -mm, no, 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 no. (laughs) And like one of my favorite lines is it's like, um, you say that I'm the only person you see. And yeah, I fucking better be. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that line is just like so perfect in this. Daniel, I know you had some opinions on this. Um, what, what were some of your takeaways on the
4: record?
1: Yeah, I listened to the whole thing all the way through at like several times because I want you had recommended it to me. And honestly, I'd never heard of her outside of uh, just the knowing the name, knowing that she was, uh, you know, a popular songwriter but i re- i just I really like the amounts of d- different things that she tries, different mm-hmm. genres what I think of is uh, kind of the 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 theme of the album in a way at least musically is just exploring all of these different emotions, all these different feelings, and I think it goes to show how someone could be uh, such a prolific pop writer because they mm. you know i feel like it really showcases like yeah all kinds of different skills like when you're a songwriter in uh you know the music industry like obviously you're gonna want to uh have a, a different uh just have a lot of different tools uh, a lot of different sounds and emotions to be able to pull through pull from um so i feel like it really showed yeah. you know all the different uh
0: sounds that she could do really Absolutely. I think, you know, one of my favorite things about her is being a pop writer, you have to be able to write for your artists, right? So Mm -hmm. the types of songs that are going to work for Selena Gomez are not going to be the same types of songs that she writes for Justin Bieber, Mm -hmm. right? Doesn't make them any less usable, right? Or that they don't hit in the same (laughs) way, but she has to be able to navigate these different genres and these different artists for something that would work for them. And you kind of hear that as a through line through this and being able to This could have potentially been a Selena Gomez song, but she decided to keep it for whatever reason, right? On top of that, one of the things that I really love about her is she also has her own unique characteristic where if I'm listening to a Selena Gomez song, I'm like, ooh, Julia wrote this, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's rhythmically or melodically where you can kind of hear those Julia Michaels-isms. There's this song or this show um, called Songland and what Songland is, is it's basically kind of like a the voice type of situation where you can come in and audition for these three judges. And instead of your, your singing, it's based on your songwriting. Uh-huh. And so on top of that, you then have, you know, a guest that if you win, they will record your song. So Julia Michaels was a guest on this. And the other songwriters that were listening to them were like, calling out the small little Julia-isms and like some of the different things she does rhythmically and using a ton of syllables in ways that many other pop writers maybe wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And she just has so many syllables that she can just make play rhythmically. And I think she does so much of that on this record that I'm just like, I love her and her craft. And even if there are songs that sound like they could fit on a Dua Lipa record or something like that, like she has her own little thing and it's, it's all... Throughout the record
1: There was a couple lines actually that When you said what she does rhythmically stands out I kind of put the pieces together for me There's like some, this line um, I really like the song uh, Wrapped Around
4: Ooh, I mm-hmm. like
1: It's uh, you yeah, know, it's kind of like a A, a disco Little bop.
0: That's yeah. the one that I said that I think could have been a duo record Let's yeah. listen to it a bit
5: mm-hmm. You set the highest bar The holy maca You were smart, you were strong, you were sweet, the whole trifecta. You went and let me on And I let ya Till I realized it was time to forget ya. Yeah
0: Totally. So very Dua, right? Very Dua fun. What I was thinking, some one of my favorite songs on this whole thing, and I'm going to give a little bit of a preface because I want to kind of listen through some moments and, and kind of what I hear. But um, there's a song on the record called History. And it's very much like a very stripped down, her and an acoustic guitar. And she's basically reading what feels like out of a diary entry or like a letter to a lover. But there are phrases that feel like they're out of that love letter and not necessarily something that you would necessarily hear in a song because there's so many syllables that I don't think normally would work, but she kind of fits them in and makes them feel good. And one of my favorite things in music and orchestration in general is the combination of piano and voice together. Mm -hmm. And there's this little melody that comes in the post hook that she sings along with at the end. And in orchestration, like, they talk about how when you combine two instruments, it can kind of sometimes become its own unique instrument. And so when she sings along with the piano, it, like, feels like it's its own thing. And I want to listen to a little bit of it here.
5: Yeah. At what age did you have sex? Did you have a teenage phase with cigarettes? Do you ever miss your age? Do you have a fear of dying with a long list of regrets? Keep you up. Are you thinking about it when we lay in bed? Tell me everything. How oh, are your history? Cause we could be history in the making. Tell me everything. Talk to me honestly. Cause we could be history in the making.
0: That was Julia Michaels. (laughs) Yeah, I think, you know, it's also one of those songs to me where it's so short and you're like, I need more. I want more. And it keeps you going back for that same reason because you're just like, "Ah, I wish it didn't end. I just want to sit in that forever. One
1: one thing I notice about that album too is there are a lot of unique song endings. Like I feel Mm. like you never really know how a song is going to end. There's always Mm -hmm. something, which I think, you know, a lot of people don't always think through all the way to the end of the song. They might fade it out or they might just have it end after, you know, a certain uh, eight bar phrase. But like, I feel like there's a lot of weird, uh, very, you know, idiosyncratic. Yeah. Ways to actually end the track. I was just
3: going to say, and you're, you're right. She does do a lot of like pack in a lot of syllables and words and, but makes it just kind of like it, mm. it. Just sounds awesome, and it's like that song she did with um, JP,
0: JP Sachs. Yeah, yeah. And it is Was like that
2: her boyfriend.
0: Yeah, they are dating.
2: I, I
3: I did hear mm. that
2: song. It's so, about the when the, the world is ending. And yes, that right. is a good mm. song. Yeah, and it's
3: like the same thing. It's like the jamming a lot of words into yeah. this little melody, and it's
0: so good. Yeah, they actually met writing that song together, which is kind of cool. Powerful. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I yeah, that song they do History. It a ton. I know. Yeah. <laughs> the, in that song they do it a ton where it's just like, and they really had me thinking. Yeah. Me yeah, thinking. yeah. Like just so many words that they're fitting in these small amounts of spaces. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know we, you know, want to talk about our last thing that we kind of chose uh, collectively. But just before we leave this one, I do have some other recommendations on this one. If you're listening to any of these songs, listen to All Your Exes. That one is amazing. Um, Orange Magic is another incredible song. Lie Like This is a bop. And we're going to play that one here before we move into our last topic. And uh, yeah, just listen to the whole record. But those are some of my favorites (laughs) other than the ones that we've already played so far.
5: Head on your shoulder, you keep pulling me close. I'm over, trying not to unfold. I do tell you, but I'm letting you know.
2: The truth is... I love these highway songs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. freeway.
5: See,
1: I think that one had a lot of house... You know, you have like the house uh, kind of digital pianos and uh, the four on the floor beat. Mm. Something about the the four on the floor just... Gets me, man.
0: Yeah, I don't
2: know what it is. he's like back to down. Love the no, good four on the
1: floor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that song's about. All right, uh, you got a chance to get to a bit to know about the crew and some of the things we recommend collectively. And I'll be honest, I made an executive decision on this, but I know I've spoken with almost like each and every single one of you about this artist, so I don't think it was a leap for me to recommend this on behalf of the team. But in terms of our five things, the last thing we are going to be recommending is the lady who captivated the entire world musically um, with her hit song Driver's License, Miss Olivia Rodrigo. Um, I, last night, watched SNL and her SNL performances of both Good For You, her new song, and Driver's License, and I will... Put it on record that I am an Olivia Rodrigo stan. <laughs> did you watch the SNL? It's so good. Did her you watch per, the whole show? I
3: didn't watch the whole show. Oh. I watched your performances.
0: You need to go back, Ronnie, just because I know how much you love SNL mm-hmm. in general. Keegan, Michael Key. It's so good. It's so good. And they do some of the best bits of I've ever seen in some aspects that I'm just like, it is. they did such a good, it was such a good close to their season. But yeah.
3: Have you seen the SNL sketch driver's license from a different oh,
0: episode? Yes, yes, yes. It's yes,
3: so good. And it's like, that just sums up what that
0: song does to people. Yeah. I think, you know, one of the things like it, and it's true with a lot of music of this era, is that the meme of the song can sometimes take over the weight of the actual song and the enjoyment of the song, you know? And so people making fun of it or making TikToks about it or people parroting it on Saturday Night Night Live can make it lose meaning. But watching her performance last night, I was just like, no, this song is just Yeah, it still
2: makes me cry. (laughs) It weighs, yeah.
0: So I'm going to go around the room kind of. How did you first come across Olivia Rodrigo? And uh, (laughs) um, what is your, uh, how do you feel about her? Even though I said I'm a stan. And we'll start over here with Daniel. Uh, Ryan texted me one day and said, dude, have you heard driver's license? No, what I said was actual (laughs) quote, yo, you fuck with driver's
2: license? (laughs) He's just reading the room before he goes all in. Like, are you into this? trying to gauge. What
1: I thought was funny about you asking me is that just the way you asked me, I had not yet heard of it and I knew for one, uh, that it was a song. Two, (laughs) that there was some kind of huge hype, and there were there was uh, a lot of talk uh, like talk word. around the
2: town about driver's license. Yeah,
1: I could just tell by the way you asked me, like, oh, there's there's a lot of uh, hoopla. <laughs> is the word I was looking for, <laughs> and, um, which which is so funny that just the way that oh I don't know I think it's just the you know, the kind of conversations we have is like, oh, I better go check this out. Because I know that it's something that people are talking about and is uh, capturing a lot of people's minds. Mm. So I'm like, I need to check it out. And, uh, you know, I think at first I didn't really get it. But as soon as I, I don't know, I let it sit a little bit more and I was like, okay, I do get it. Like, I get why mm. it, it it became what it did.
0: Yeah. Ronnie?
3: I first heard of Olivia Rodrigo and Driver's License at the same time. And I kept hearing people reference the song mm-hmm. and and I kind of like would see little like, um you know, like headlines or whatever and I just kind of like moved on with my life. And then I heard something on the radio. Someone was like, Yeah. You know, it's that song that like no one can, everywhere you go, you hear it. Like you can't escape hearing this song. Everyone's talking about it. And I was like, what is everyone talking about? Cause like I listen to a podcast in my car, so I'm not, I don't hear the radio very often. And so, and I haven't heard it out in the world. And I was like, I need to figure this out. What is this song that everyone's talking about? Mm -hmm. And I expected it to be based on how people were talking about it. Like just like this song you can't get out of your head. Like Mm -hmm. I went into it thinking it was going to be like, I don't care. (laughs) I love it. Like one of those kinds of like, like pop songs. Mm -hmm. And I heard it and I was like, this is what everyone's been talking about. So I had similar feelings as Daniel initially. And then I listened to it again and again and again and again and I was obsessed with it yeah. and I basically was exactly like those guys in the SNL sketch every time it came on. Yeah. I love it and her performance was amazing.
2: You told me about it too, Ryan. <laughs> you slacked it to me. See, Ryan, she slacked, you you slacked, slacked it to her.
1: A song like that is like your vibe, you know? Totally.
0: <laughs> that's my brand.
1: Yeah,
2: Crying in the car, like.
1: <laughs>
0: Daniel and I have a mutual friend named Mark and in like two days he just like put like this label on me that I was like, I don't know if I'm proud of this, but I guess it is my MO. But he was listening to our first episode of of the show and with Ty and I bring up Taylor in in that episode. And I love Taylor Swift and I think most people who know me know that I love Taylor Swift. And so he texted me and said, I feel like it's gonna be a new game I play where in every single My Pop 5 episode, how long will it take before Ryan mentions Taylor Swift? Um, so uh, on top of that, then he also is sending me things about Olivia Rodrigo. So apparently, my brand is nothing but Taylor Swift and these teen pop stars. And I feel like maybe I need to start sending text messages about Eminem or something like that to harden my. <laughs> is that body. your street Offset? cred?
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's my street
0: cred.
3: Offset the sad girl pop music. <laughs>
0: yes. No. Well, my
1: vibe is is always saying. Well, as a musician. Mm. I, I'm always like, dude, okay, they get it. <laughs> play music. Yeah. Stop.
0: So Brianna, back to you. I slacked you and my brand is just sending these female pop star songs to you. But what was your first impressions?
2: And I appreciate you for it. <laughs> 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 um, no, it's weird because maybe I was living under a rock. I hadn't heard the song at all. I didn't know the hype and I fell in love with it, just like everybody else. Um, but I think what I've realized apart from being like a musician, because I'm not. I is that it's more about like the way it makes me feel so while some of those like I guess the cliches of like getting your driver's license and heartbreak it's like when that chorus drops in that just like moves me Mm
4: -hmm. like
2: (laughs) I gotta roll the windows down and I'm like fully in it
0: yeah I think you know one of my favorite sayings ever is that only emotion endures especially when it pertains to art in general right like the things that stick with you are the things that made you feel something whether that's sadness, whether that's joy, whether that's anything, to know something is good or it hit is impactful as if it makes you feel something. And that's the only thing that's going to last. And so that's what I look for in these songs, too. So as much as I may get shit for liking Taylor Swift <laughs> or Olivia Rodrigo, like they, they hit and they make you feel something. And one of the things that I think she does very well, and as much as like when I was sending that around, Dan, well, I did send it to Daniel and say, <laughs> Fuck with driver's license, right? (laughs) I also sent it to a couple other people. And some people's responses were like, Yeah, I just can't get behind the corny lyrics, right? And while that's true, I think what Olivia is so good at, and it's in deja vu and it's in Good For You is her vocal performances are phenomenal.
3: Insane. Yeah.
0: Like the character that she has, it doesn't sound like anything I've necessarily heard before. Like It's smooth, but then it's also raw and it's powerful. And you could tell she's feeling every single thing that she's singing. And uh, I just really, I think I feel that because when you're hearing someone saying, I'm hurting, but it also sounds like they're hurting when they're saying that. It's when you're just like, ugh, you can start to feel, you know. It's physical. Yeah,
2: like it's crazy. I feel like, too, her angst, like when her angst comes out, like the angst comes out in me, too. And it, yeah, it's crazy. I'm like, drop the beat. (laughs) (laughs)
3: And her lyrics are so specific Because when she says stuff I'm like how does she know That I relate to this It's just like Mm -hmm. the way Like the lyrics that she writes Are so perfectly specific To the feeling that she has And I notice it mainly in Deja Vu And in Driver's License And Good For You is just like a fun Yeah Like angsty song
0: That's like the thing Like when um, I was also talking about After Driver's License came out Was What's crazy about artists when they have a huge hit single like that is there's follow up is like everyone's waiting to be like, I don't know. Was this just a one trick pony? Yeah. And Deja Vu was both so different, but also hit so hard and was so good that I was like two in a row. She's got it. And now that Good For You came out, I was hoping like third time's a charm. And I really did enjoy that tune. I really liked uh, Good For You, but it did, I didn't like it as much as the first two. So Mm-mm. her record is coming out on the 21st and I'm super excited for it. But ultimately with these two songs, I, I have nothing but, you know, high hopes and I think it's going to be great.
3: Good For You reminded me of like Paramore.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: me too. Misery yeah. Business.
3: Yeah. Again, yeah. Like,
2: like calling back like to just like singing so hard Misery Business. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like that's what I thought of with that song yeah. too. And I love when she says, Maybe I'm too emotional. Because I'll admit, I was a little warm about Good For You. Mm -hmm. I'm so into Deja Vu. But um, when she says, maybe I'm too emotional, I'm like, all right, that's me. (laughs) I'm (laughs) sold.
0: (laughs) I think the problem I had with uh, Good For You was that musically, it kind of goes all over the place. Like, I think when it started, I felt like a lot of Lord influence. And then it goes into the Hayley Williams Paramore style hook. And then there's like elements of like Billy in there. And so like. One of the things, like, just from an instrumental perspective, I was like, it's a little too all over the place for me. But the through line, and it's true with all three of her songs, is her vocal performances, like I mentioned, are just, like, top notch.
1: Deja Vu is the one for me, dude. Yeah. It's I sent so you good. guys
2: that Vivo performance. And the I'm live still one, right? so into it. Yeah, that's, like... I mean the all girl ensemble in this like romanticized supermarket. Mm-hmm. I was just like living for this performance. There's like one shot where is it the bass player mm-hmm. that is in the middle of the flower oh, aisle yeah, yeah. and I'm just like this is so cool and that's I guess where I'm thinking about like your middle schoolers or high schoolers that are getting to see like this awesome girl band that mm-hmm. sounds so good that we all love and I just I'm, like how cool. Like I'm yeah. still so, so excited now at this age and I would have been so into her yeah when i was younger
0: yeah well we all love her very much um thank you guys for sitting here and chatting with me here today i'm really happy to give everyone the chance to get to know you a little bit and we're going to be doing these monthly to really get a chance to recommend the stuff that we're loving live um we're going we love doing interviews with our guests but i also love talking about the stuff that i'm into and that you guys are all into so we'll go out on deja vu and thanks so much for sitting with me guys
3: thank you see you in april See you then, or er, June. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.
4: Car ice to Malibu,
5: strawberry ice cream. One spoon for two, and trade in jackets laughing about how small it looks on you I made the jokes you tell
0: do for today's show thank you so much for listening we had such a fun time chatting and i really really am so appreciative of all the work these guys put in to put on a show like this i hope you enjoyed this special bonus episode as always you can follow us on instagram and twitter at my pop five and if you haven't already please follow and leave us a rating on apple podcasts we'll see you next week and until then what's your pop five